Welcome back to take number 327 of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, where Scott McNeese and I are in a glass cage of emotion at another loss for the Bombers v. the Hawks on the weekend. Uh, welcome to you, Scotty. Hello, listeners. And the reason why we're laughing is we just did about 20 minutes of a podcast. It was actually going really well. It was, it was some of our best work, clearly. It was some of our best work. And so we listened to it back and realized we had a setting wrong and we both sound like we're, we're ghosts in a, in a haunted house. So. This weekend's gone great. It's, so it's great. We're just having a time of our life. My sixes are 3 0 down. Essendon's lost five of the last six. So. <laughs> it just captures off just a wonderful weekend. And just I'm... a great one, but we're back with uh, the wonders of uh, modern technology. You hit delete and you can start again, uh, yes. which I think is a pretty good metaphor for the Bombers just quietly at the moment. I so like it, I like it. On tonight's podcast, well, like you said, we're going to do a bit of an overview of the game. I think one of the, um, the main components of tonight's podcast... I think it's some really interesting audio um, that Scotty has um, has got for us from uh, from Wusher and I think it's David Mines, the other one that you've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think what we'll do is uh, we'll get into that um, those clips because I think it's really going to lead the way uh, the podcast goes tonight. So um, over to you, Scotty, for the clips. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, I was just interested to see what the feedback was going to be after the game. It had, it had across the board a different feel to it. Um, the feedback to this game. So you've got a Tom Bell Chambers discussing that he felt the forward structure was not right, that he was, he said he could sense frustration that when they're looking up here, they had nothing to kick to. You've got the captain of the club um, really having quite a, a blunt conversation that if the players aren't going to adhere to the game plan, and we'll talk about that actual game plan that we're trying to find out what it is yeah, uh, a bit later. What it is. Um, but if they're not going to adhere to it, then um, they, then they'll be in the twos. So he mentioned about the VFL win and said it's time to bring the kids up if if, um, if they're not going to do it. So the, which, which is good to hear from. It's yeah, good to hear. It, it did get quite a bit of criticism, and, and I, I understand what people were getting at just with Heppel because... He's having a very unusual year on his skill level. And I know he's never been a fantastic kick, but he's been a much better kick than what he's, he's not, shown this he's year. He's not Robinson Crusoe there, mate. He really isn't. No, but I think just from a leader, you, you've got to get him to get up to a better standard. He is well down on, on disposal efficiency to yep. every to every other mid. So I'll just talk about so Heppel a little bit later and, and a possible change that I may foresee to get him into into some form. But let's have a listen to uh, John Worsfold 
have an interesting discussion on 3AW today about Dan Richardson and, and his role on overseeing the game plan and, and the internal structures. I thought it was interesting. Uh, as I said, we've had various people external to the Essendon Football Club come in and listen to what we're doing. Uh, do you think when Dan Richardson arrives at the Essendon Football Club, he just sits in the corner quietly? Do you think... Just to, I just need to make this clear for people that we pick Dan Richardson's brains and what he's seeing us doing, the messages he's hearing, the game plan we're implementing and what our training program looks like. And we get wonderful feedback from him how that matches up with what Richmond have done, what they did to turn around, uh, probably the same things you were saying to me now, you were saying to Damien Hardwick 18 months ago. So that's John Worsfold talking about Dan Richardson and the external help of looking into our game plan. Dan Richardson's sort of famous for being the ex-general manager of football. At the uh, very successful Richmond Football Club last year. Yeah, so... I can understand why we poached him. I thought I found it interesting that he relied on his feedback so much um, internally. So especially when it comes to game plan and those sort of strategics and and to ask a question, I guess it felt like to me anyway that he asked a question. Uh, uh, you know, do you feel like this is in, in in conjunction with with other teams and and I guess in modern football? What do I think of that? I, when I first heard it. I must admit it, it didn't overly sit well with me. Yeah, neither me. Because, one, he's a GM. Uh, he's not a football coach. He's never had experience of being a football coach. And I, I kind of want to back our systems because Dan Richardson has only just come into the club. So he's still understanding how we do things. He's still understanding even the list that we have because we've got quite a different... Um, feel to our list where Essendon traditionally loves their spines um, <laughs> that's been a Dodore trait he loves yep. his centre half back full back ruck <laughs> centre half forward forward we love our tall spine and we've got them we've got them in spades man. yeah and, and, Richmond, and all Australians yeah. and Richmond's a very midfield I mean they have Rance and a few others very well but predominantly they love their fast pressure midfield systems and I just felt I don't know I just felt like I hope we're not into copycat land or anything like that where we're almost wanting the thumbs up from someone external just to reassure us that our game plan or anything like that is fine. It's great to have a conversation. I definitely understand that because you want that intel from another club. Yep. But to actually have that seeking approval um, and almost having a tick off and right, we'll go with it then. I still feel like I want the coach to back himself and and understand because he understands our players and go no for the players that we have this is the game plan i think needs to be implemented that can be the best way of beating our opposition so what are our strengths i know what they are here's the game plan um and this is how i want to attack um the opposition because we have our own core strengths it might not be midfield but it it is height it is, we do have six or seven, all Australians. How do we use that? How we how we can leverage that? That was just some some of my thoughts. It's not critical, but I just I just hope we're not in the area of copycat uh, because an Alistair Clarkson to me is everyone's trying to, for the last seven or eight years, trying to work out what Alistair Clarkson is going to do next. And I, that's why I kind of want our coach to be uh, like an Alistair Clarkson. What are we doing that's a game changer that everyone looks at us and goes, oh, wow, 
I don't want us to just copycat other other clubs. I hundred percent agree, man. I I looked at what Wusha said there, and I I I bet you I know where he's coming from. I think there's the the media team and the and the marketing team would be really looking internally at the moment, going. There's a lot of supporters like S. McNeese and G. Heel sitting here doing a podcast, going. We, we don't know what's going on at what's the club, man. On, yeah. We don't know what's going on in the club. So, Wusha came out today and sort of, I think, in an attempt to go, look, guys, the most successful, a GM of the most successful club last year has come over and said, look, it, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. What you're doing looks good. But I don't think it came off that way when it was when it was played. It was a bit like Wusha sort of saying, look, guys, I, I'm, I'm right. I'm, I, you know, I, I found somebody who told me that I am right. And this is the thing. I, I, I'm very much agree with you, Scotty. I want to be... I want a club in the next... I want Richmond in the next two to three years to be poaching somebody from Essendon that said, oh, how, is this how Essendon are playing? I yeah, just yeah. think at the moment you're 100% right that we're two completely different clubs with different playing lists. And for Wush's first real press conference that had any serious meaning to it to be... Look, guys, I want everybody to be uh, aware here that we've picked Dan's brain and our game plan looks good. Well, Wusha, for the last five weeks, mate... You're it, the coach. Yeah, no, but for the last five weeks, man, it hasn't worked. Like, And it hasn't worked against not really special teams. So what does that mean? Dan can sit there and say, yeah, great. If everybody does exactly as you want them to do, that looks like a half-decent... Um, uh, game plan but if they don't this is the part I was I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast about rigidity in the game plan because it's almost like Wusher has said yeah if, if everybody does this if if Heppel gets 35 if Adam Saad breaks the lines 25 times we should win but it's almost a bit like what happens when it doesn't work John mm-hmm. like what happens when the game plan that you've had ticked off doesn't work now that's about as much as I want to get stuck into Wusher because, like I've said a million times, we've got to support the man. And there's probably an alternate side to this that we're not yeah. really aware and, of. And we're, and we're both fully aware that um, that that's a, a two-sentence grab. I mean, there's yeah. probably a lot more behind it that he, he wouldn't explain. So I, I am... I just... I guess when there's a, a message out to the media that really is talking to the fans... I, I, I just felt like the messaging from John Worsfold has probably been a little bit poor this year. Like, that's just me. It's a little bit... It's been it's he, been too standard. He did get out of cliche land a bit more today. But, yeah. But I'm finding the players more refreshing. And, and I guess another one is David Myers. And um, I actually found this quite good. I found it very honest. Uh, he's an interesting player that gets a lot of criticism. Um, but he's always been a very upstanding kind of person and reputation wise and here's what he had to say directly after the game can you describe how frustrating it is knowing how good the potential is but just that it's not quite coming together at the moment yeah look i mean potential sort of neither here nor there really um the frustration comes from the fact that uh we're training so hard during the week and we're all working on our games and and then we're we're not executing what we're talking about and what we know we want to be doing so um, that's where the frustration comes but um, I'm not sure how the twos went today but guys are going to get their chance to come in and have a run that are playing their role um, in the reserve grade and see if that translates through because um, yeah we can't keep going the way we are. I always love Myers' honesty and 
He's just a person I actually respect quite a lot. He's obviously not setting overly the world on fire, though I thought he had a, a better game than probably others uh, are suggesting on social media. I thought he did a lot of one percenters that got us a lot of clearances, and he led the side again in clearances. We're six, so every time he plays, he wins the clearances for us. Yeah. So he's not getting the ball as much as I'd like, and I understand that argument. And he's kicking his not to where it was before. So trust me, but I the, get all that. The whole club, man. That's a, this, yeah. It's a symptom of the whole club. But what I found interesting is Myers and Heppel strongly mentioning that it's not good enough and bringing in kids. And I kind of found that interesting, especially when the captain basically, I mean, he was really forthright and saying that, We've got to, um, if they're not going to perform or we're not, they're not going to stick to the game plan, then we're going to get in kids who will. So that's two really strong leaders at the club really asking for changes. Mm. And, and and the interesting part is that they're, they're probably not setting the world on fire themselves. And this is the thing, but, yeah, they'd be among those candidates. I, I still like their mindset. Um, they... I mean, if you, people who saw that video clip saw Myers' face, you could tell, and it, and you and you could tell in Heppel's voice as well, they were clearly frustrated after the game. I, I don't mind that. I just at least I see that emotion. That's just something I can lean on and go, okay, there is a lot of care there from those leaders. I'm sure they're frustrated as hell with their form yep. and their skills. Um, but I I like the, like the fact that they're saying no, no, no. We're, not, we're just going to back ourselves in and we'll get right. They're saying, no, if we can't play right, then coach, make changes. And that's a pretty bold step. So let's talk about some key areas. Obviously for me, and and I tweeted to John Walsfold direct, which is probably the first time I've ever done that, um, sort of asked the question that if, if the coaches are, are consistently messaging that the forwards are going up too high after the games, then why are the forwards going up too high? I mean, what kind of communication? That's my concern primary, primarily. Or primary. Primarily. Thank you. Yeah. I've never been good at that sp- speaking. At that English stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's good for podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but if, yeah, so if the players aren't actually obeying the coach, then where do we sit? The, what happens then? Mate, I wonder I wonder in this situation whether or not the players keep thinking halfway through a game when they see the ball potentially not coming out of the back line as well as it could be. Do, does Joey and Jimmy Stewart and those guys just make up their mind to move towards the centre to give the halfbacks something yeah, to kick to. To give us the support. To give us the support. Because I always I always wonder whether or not you can leave Joey and those guys up in the forward line doing nothing when the ball's barely coming over halfway anyway. So you might as well have the forwards up somewhere where they can kick the ball. It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. You've got you've got good marking options up in the forward line, but the ball's not getting anywhere near the forward line. So the no. forwards think, well, I can go down into the centre, I can go even further than that if I need to to take a mark. But... Then it leaves the forward fifty open, which is yeah, well, they're not doing anything. And that's what's happening because the what also happens is you've got guys like McKenna, Sard, and everything who can, who can run a very quick thirty meters and actually catch up to where that wall is yes. of the forwards in the in the midfield. 
and there's nothing beyond that. Before before Jimmy Stewart and Joey D can see, oh my goodness, Connor's about to break the line and turn and run back into Pagan's paddock, Connor's run fifteen like yeah. he's fifteen meters away from Joey and he's got no one to kick to. So you you were saying before on the podcast about um Laverde, remember Yeah, Laverde I actually found like a bit of an example was we said that in take one of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think in take two and take three. <laughs> so I'll say it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there was an interesting play even with Laverde, um, probably sort of on about 70 metres out from right on the corner of the square from the from the um, opposition goals, uh, Hawks goals. And we kick it out to him and he marks and he does what I think is the right thing to do. He actually just turns straight away to play on, runs a quick 10 metres, 10, 15 metres. Yeah. But the problem is our forwards were so high, he was actually almost running into them. Yeah. And he then realised, I've got to hold on the ball, hold on to the ball for a while. And we all know what happens next. <laughs> yep. He goes, so, tries to sidestep, goes sideways, look for anything. Handball, handball, And, and what happens, he gets caught. And, and you see on social media going, oh, Laverde, what are you doing? And... And I, those kind of plays really frustrate me because it's a it's a team breakdown and structure. Laverde's done the right thing. He's marked he's marked the ball, turned around to play on, which is you should if you want to break the lines. Um, so he's done the right thing, but uh, somewhere our communication and our structures have to get better because we're constantly looking up and. We're having it's very limited options, options or, or one-on-three options. I mean, it, Joey's Joey's consistently now playing with two defenders. With, exactly right. People mm-hmm. tee off on Joey D about, oh, dropping back to the twos. And if everybody television station keeps saying Joey's having, he's out of form, is it? No, it's not the case. The bloke can't go and get the ball and yeah. kick the, take <laughs> the mark and kick I'll the goal. i say he's partially out of form when he gets yeah. the ball. Yeah, true. But he gets the <laughs> form. But everybody, the entire yeah. club, from Dyson Hebble down, are out of confidence at the moment because they're playing real bad. But when you've got Laverde, like you said, who is a young kid back into the side, takes a mark, your beauty, turns on a on a, uh, on a a dime, turns around, looks up and expects to see Jimmy Stewart running one way, Joey D running the other, Waller at his feet. It ain't there because the, the yeah. opposition players or the opposition team knows what's what's going to happen so they just chuck three people across yep. however high our forwards go up and then you've got one on three so i'm going to actually ask you a bit of a devil advocate question go here. for it so i'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> yeah. which is something i've always wanted to do because it's for always it. me go for it so we championed the idea of hooksy going back yeah since then <laughs> we've kicked like average of 60 points per game what do you personally think now of that decision to put him back I stand firm I stand firm on the man being back okay now uh, and, and I'll explain, I'm, a, I'll explain I'm, a, why. I'm a little bit the same but you go first I, I explain why because look everybody knows that the Essendon Football Club's problems lie in the midfield Right, we've got players that are trying yes. hard. Yeah, we've got players that are trying hard. We've got players that are trying to work hard, but it it isn't working. I mean, we've got Dyson, who's trying hard, man. Come on, the guy's trying hard. We've got David, and we've got those guys in there. Here's the part where I, I can't explain to you. I don't understand why Zarakis, Myers, Heppel, um, who else is running through there? 
Zachy Merritt, where are you? Zachy and Zachy Merritt and those guys, all of a sudden is not good enough. I don't understand why it's not good enough all of a sudden, right? So with Hooksy down forward, it's I, not... I can explain a little bit, I reckon. I, I think our strength over the ball has really disappeared with the, the Jobs and the Stance and Hawkins. I think we're getting pushed aside way too easy now. Which is not getting us the ball first. That's personally my opinion. Okay, yeah, cool. I, th- I feel we're, we're a very small, young, skinny kind of midfield. Yep. Um, and they've tried the stringer, but he's not fit enough. I, I, I'll, yeah, I'll that's, t- yeah. He's clearly not fit enough to play midfield yet. And that's where I'm interested in a, in a, in a, a Dylan Clark, in a Langford. Um, especially those two, because I think they're both quite strong boys. Dylan, Dylan Clark, He's getting every possession available in the VFL. Well, I'll oh, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I'm swear he has not been under thirty possessions in the VFL this year. No, I... um, killing in the clearances. Look, I did hear that he just played an okay game on the VFL, even though I got the ball up, and I heard <laughs> one Lang- okay. The game. reports by Langford played really well, but that's kind of fairly common now when it comes to the yeah. VFL. But they're the kind of things I wouldn't mind us changing a few things around in that midfield structure because I was just thinking the other day uh, remembering Heppel's first year of footy and how good he was of half back and he seemed to have a real comfortability of reading the play and controlling do sort of doing that Goddard role but do you release a Goddard into the midfield and have... No, he's too old, man. He can't. He can't play a whole game in the midfield. Oh, but yeah, I, I understand that. But you would rotate him a bit, even if it's a forward. Yeah. But, but still play sixty-seven percent because we need an experienced person who can kick in the midfield. Like we we need to get some possessions in the midfield. And I, I, I agree, I, man. I just don't think Heps is the answer at the moment. I, I think I think I'm more just thinking long term now and going. I'm starting to see where this midfield is at. One, we're too small. And yep. so the odd, I know people are saying, well, Hep's actually one of the tall ones, but he's not an inside grunt midfield. No, he's not. not. But his outside kicking is really Yeah, but poor. you can turn that around, right? Like his outside kicking, you to can a turn level, around. To a level, he's never been a great kick. Uh, okay, but... he's never been an outstanding kick, right? But I mean, here's the thing. I'd, I'd, if Dylan, What do we need, right? What do we need in simple terms? What do we need? An inside mid? We need to we need to get the hands our hands Fine. on the ball. So we need an inside mid. Do we have an inside mid in the VFL? Uh yes. Yeah, his name's Dylan Clark, right? So give the guy yeah. a burl. I'm sorry, but you got to give the kid yeah. that's racking up the possessions a burl. But people need to don't ever forget. By the way reality here is that Dyson Heppel's going to be playing midfield for the rest of his career. Like, they're not going to chuck Dyson Heppel across half-back. It would be an embarrassment for him. Oh, no, it would not be... at all. I, see, I, I, I don't read that at all. Luke Hodge is one of the great half-back sweepers. No, I understand, of, but, of genera- but, he, but he's played yeah. his whole career there pretty much, right? Yeah, he played half-mid, then half. But I think that's such a pivotal role. To me, there's uh, a couple of... A midfield role and the half-back role are the, are the but most But Brendan's important. doing a good job back there. He's doing that role. Yes, but I just think you've got to change the mix-up in the mid because the ball, the game's won and lost in the midfield. Okay, so you've so got to find the better, the best balance you can. And, and, and look, it's not just Dylan Clark, too. We're not spreading at all. Like, 
Hawthorne just run off off a. And so th- these are the things, man, that, that worry me and that concern me about the club. Is that, dude, are we fit enough? Like but, I keep I keep yeah. looking at the other clubs that are running over the top of us in that third quarter, man. We just we don't seem like we can put 120 minutes worth of real serious effort in. And I, do you know what? Can we start? <laughs> We're not going to, but. Why don't we start a GoFundMe page? We'll raise $5,000 for the first person <laughs> that just wrestles someone to the ground that's going to tag Zach, I, Zach Merritt. Because yeah. our biggest issue is Zach Merritt. And Zach Merritt is one of the most fiercest competitors we have at the club. I agree. So I have no doubt in my mind it's not through lack of effort. Because oh. Zach Merritt is just... He's unable to do anything through lack of effort. Again, what, 19 possessions, way short of his normal. But he gets, he's such an easy tag for clubs now because he's so pivotal pivotal for Essendon. And the rest of the players is worried so much about getting the ball themselves. They're just leaving yeah. Zachy Merritt but to get I, hammered. I swear, though, if I don't pay anyone. Like, <laughs> go up to the guy tagging, wrestle him to the ground, get your $5,000 fine. But saying, you know what, as a club, we're not copping it. You are going to have hell today. Oh, Tommy Beltrand three just fines, got a... make a statement. Yeah, Tommy Beltrand. Just sit there and like, say, mate, every time you come near that kid, you better watch out for me. Yeah. Seriously, because me and my big rear end are going to bump you. I'm going to hammer you every time that kid's yeah. near the ball. I just, I, there's I, a reason that they're called you. the unsociable hawks. They didn't let yeah. anyone dictate. That's exactly right. I just feel like so, we're but, a little bit too nice the way we play. Like, get some grunts. Like, I mean, they were getting into Heppel at the start of the game. And I feel like, come on, guys. Like, the part, the part that really worries we're very, me. And we're very clean cut midfield. Yeah, I, the, the part that really worries me, and I, I didn't think I was going to say it on the podcast, but I reckon I will, is that. Well, you are. I'm, I'm about right to. Right I'm now. about to. Um, and I haven't said this on any of the 73 other takes that we've had on this particular show. Yes. Um, I wonder whether or not, at the moment, I wonder whether or not the boys' hearts in it. The boys' hearts are in it. Because, man, I, I, if Wush is saying it's not the coaching, if the players are saying they're starting to, they're, they're working and, and things aren't, where is... The four quarters of serious effort. I I wonder whether it's heart or frustration or... I I must admit, I watched the first 10 minutes of the game and I was concerned. And I know even at halftime we had the lead, I was no way near... No, 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 no. no. Because I felt the confidence level in our group was so low. I mean, I've never seen Michael Hurley... In seven weeks of football, have Missed that so many, many targets, yeah, have that many clangers, yeah, and, and hips, and he's a great kick, yeah, like, and that's what concerns me. Like, is even the Heppel, Heppel's reputation was like a decent kick, yes, not great, but not bad, no, but now it's bad, but not twenty meter yeah. dribble passes, and it's how, it's when your stars are doing just really odd clangers and mistakes, and you go, gee, the group confidence is so low. And I, and we're gonna have to fight our way through it. We're just Mate. there's no other way around it. Whether it's some fresh legs, and it just reminded me of a thought I want to address because what can happen if probably with even our fans is you can't make the mistake of just saying 
we'll bring in five or six kids this mm. week. Yeah. You actually, personally, me, you have to bring in, I would say, two more kids this week. If, if I mean, Hep and Myers are calling for it. Okay, if we do it, I don't want a bombardment of kids. No. I don't want them to lose by 90 points. No, that's, that's the other I, half. I want to slowly... in. Um, what's the word? Um, infiltrate or whatever the word Gra- is. Gradually introduce or something like that. Gradually introduce and experience them into footy. Yep. Perfectly how we do like Guelphie. Uh, we've done two games into much. Um, I don't mind. Ridley played really well in the VFL. I think it's time the boy, uh, maybe it's, maybe the it's boy happening. gets in, into this side. So maybe it's happening right now. If you right said now. like a Ridley and Clark comes in this week and that's it. And that's it maybe even for three or four weeks. But that's, you know, with much... You might introduce Guelphie because he did nothing wrong. And by all reports, he didn't. He got rested. So that's fine. Got he deserves, he deserves to come back in then. Got to get Langford in, man. But, um, well, have they put the line through him? I and mean, and that's, that's my point. I, I'll be spewing if they I, I keep talking about him, but I, I, I feel like I can't keep talking about him because... I don't know what the kid I, else I, has got to do, I, man. I sense where the club, or at least the coaching staff, have him... As a player, that's yeah. just I, I can only be blunt. I don't I don't like it. That's the case, but I just never feel like I can talk about Langford as being a possibility because yeah. uh, because it's just not it's just not happening. Um, All right, now but that's then. that's my feel anyway. I don't want us to rush a whole lot of kids in. I just want a couple of kids to come in, play a month of footy, then have a look at maybe another kid down the track. He plays a month of footy. And it's like a more of a slower progression. Yeah. Um, where we've got a competitive side. We're not, you know, we've still got a good chance of winning most games. Um, but you're you sort of having this really easy introduction right. with some younger players. Bring in Ridley. I will say this to the day I die. If you want a guy that can kick the ball, give, give the give the ball to that kid's hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mean, we've had some feedback on the lunchtime catch-up podcast from people who have sort of said, "Yeah, look, love you guys and the and oh, the, and the yeah. feedback we've got, which has been great. We really appreciate. It. We're getting some really great numbers um, through the the likes and subscribes. We really appreciate that. And one of the pieces of feedback we got from you guys is that, um, sure, we've lost five out of the last six, and it's really uh, not too easy to find any positives out of the. Uh, out of the games, but what you wanted from us was just to run through some of, of the uh, actual positives of the actual positives from the games and the <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah, so- and um, shout out to Get On Red on Twitter. Um, I promised him I would I'll bring this up on the podcast. Look, funny enough, we didn't want it to be doom and gloom. Yeah, um, because when you lose five out of six, <laughs> you know you're in trouble. You, you know that the side's just not performing. But um, we just we just still wanted to talk football and tactics, and and we'll talk about Carlton soon. Uh, but I'll start with you, Grant. Out of the seven games, what have, if there is a positive, or if you can point out, say, two players, who's who's impressed you to a level that you weren't expecting? Um, to a level that I wasn't expecting is. <laughs> I'll reframe that question. Ooh. Who's playing better than the other twenty now, players? <laughs> I just would like to. I just would like to point out to the listeners of the Lunchtime Catch Up no podcast. It's that Scotty and I very, very rarely have like a running sheet. We just get on here and have a chat, right? Yeah. So Scotty looked at me then and said, "Can you give us a couple of players that <laughs> exceeded your expectations?" I kind of looked at him real funny and went, 
Uh, no, I can't do that. Anyway, look. <laughs> Clark in the VFL. Clark in the VFL. That's pretty much. The man's got every possession available. No, okay. So, look, let me let me concentrate on one that I, I thought... And it might be just a week. Might be an yeah, old, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, look, Tommy Bell. I'm a massive fan of Tommy Bell. Um, he's a dirty, great big unit. He's an incredible after-five operator. And he's he's been performing okay. In a, in a sea of not real special, Tommy's been okay. Now, having said that, Tim English beat him at the oh, dogs. Yeah. And, the, and we, you, we spoke about that. He had those two weeks where he just went off the ball. He went off the his ball. His first three weeks were actually quite strong. And, but that was his best game for the club. And that's it, absolutely. And oh, I, okay. I, we identified a couple of things is that, geez, Tommy's, Tommy's good and Tommy can do well with the tap racking and that sort of stuff. He'll kick a couple of goals. But the bit where I really enjoyed Tommy's game on the weekend was that he was taking marks. What did he take? Seven and said contested marks or something around the ground. Six, yeah. Six at half time, which was actually the best any player's done in, in the AFL this year. Yeah. So that was half. brilliant. And it, it absolutely is vital and it's hugely important to be taking those big grabs around the, uh, around the ground. It, it helps as that thing we've been speaking about on the, on the podcast in that looking up, looking up and seeing a big target to kick to and he was taking those marks. So yeah. Tommy for me in that game was great. Bobbed up and kicked one or something and um, I think, yeah, Tommy's done really, really well. Um, for me, and I, I I could probably be stood to be corrected on this one in that <laughs> Adam Saad, I mean, you say Devin Smith because he's performed really well, but I have been an Adam Saad fan. He he actually beat Bruce which is not being discussed about much, but Luke Bruce, Bruce always kills us. Bruce kills us. He kicked five the previous week. Yeah. He kicked one this week. I yeah. thought he did a good job. Luke um, Luke Bruce always kills Essendon for whatever reason it was. But He's look, just a good player. Adam Saad is doing what Adam Saad was brought to the club to do. He's running left and right. Sometimes he just he gets into I'm going to run mode and he's surrounded by four people <laughs> and they catch him. But um, look, man, in a in a performing side, in the side that Essendon thought we were going to be, Adam Saad would be an absolute gem. Like he would yeah, yeah. running out of halfback, him and Connor McKenna, um, who I also thought sort of slipped back into the club reasonably well, Connor. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, solid. But yeah, my, my two, Adam Saad and um, Tommy Bell... Tommy Bell for his last for this week's game when he he didn't hasn't been playing particularly well but took that extra step ran a lot took a lot of marks imposed himself and did well and I think my overall performer on this one is uh, is Mr Asad what about you well it's always I shouldn't have asked you first because it's slim pickings after that isn't it um, yeah, pretty much I thought Belly played yeah I've, I've said it before his best game for the yeah. weekend I thought. With a forward line that hasn't been functioning well, I've always felt Stuart every yeah, week has, yeah, 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 yeah. has presented as well as yeah, he could. Yeah, I agree. Um, under not much help. We only had 39 inside 50s on, on the weekend. Um, so we're not going to score that much with that. But he at least presented as well as he could. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in every game he's had these little patches where he's, he's had really good moments just keeps presenting. So I give him a lot of credit. I felt like he's been a, probably our best functioning forward um, this year. I'm just trying to think of a second person. Yeah. Look, uh, for effort, uh, I'd say Devin Smith. Yeah. Um, you got to recognise that. He's just gut, sort of gut running as much as he can. He's leading the AFL in tackles. So he's, he's doing so well. And I'm going to digress though because I just mentioned the word tackles <laughs> um, 
we got beaten by 30 tackles. Yeah, it's, that's the, nuts. So, What was yeah. that stat you were talking to I, me about, about the forwards? They had... Well, there was five players that had zero tackles. There was 15 players that had two tackles or less. 15 players, like, of the eight of the 22 people had two tackles or less. So, that tells you something. That just tells you everything. It's what it tells you, to be quite frank. (laughs) Yep, it does. So... But we said we won't be negative, so no. But this is the uh, this is the positive part of it. We listen and to the uh, to the listeners as we come down to the final quarter of the show. It's probably a good time to hear from our weekly sponsor. We've got a new sponsor this week. We have got a new sponsor yeah, a new sponsor this week. I'm excited to hear what it is. You always uh, surprise me with a new sponsor, but yeah, no. Thank you to all our sponsors for contributing to the show. <laughs> sponsors for the show. That's right. We've got a new microphone this week, so we're. Um, thank you for the for the checks coming That's in. That's exactly right. Thank you very much to uh, David Myers' left leg last yes. week it was. Thanks, Dave. And here is a word from this week's sponsor. Guys, is your wife complaining you're looking more like Tom Arnold than Tom Selleck? Are you stuck on defense? Well, come on down to Mitch Brown's mustaches. We've got Big ones, small ones, 70s adult entertainer ones, Mitch Brown's mustaches, move from defense to offense. And we thank Mitch Brown again for Mitch Brown's mustaches for this week's... Joining us on the show as a sponsor. We're very, very happy. Can't wait for that check. Um, so let's wrap it up. We've yeah, got, I think so. I can't consider this week to be, yay, we've won a game or serious doomsday. We've lost to the yeah, bottom. This this is them. officially the Cruiser Cup again um, <laughs> or the Gibbs Cup or whatever it was. Look, guys, um, there's not really much that we could say right now that we haven't already said in the no, last couple of podcasts. It's, man. It's, um, it's Sunday night and we're already nervous for yeah, man, it's, six or seven days out. It is dark days for the Bombers at the minute. It really is. But, but, like we've always said, um, now is where real supporters um, come out for the SNM Footy Club. Now is where real um, people that, that want to be part of this club will get down and watch us against Carlton. Yeah. They'll be the first people in, they'll be cheering the loudest, and they'll be the last people out. We've got every chance of beating the Blues next week. We really do. Um, I think that win will be worth its weight in gold if we can get it. If we don't get it, mate, I look out. I think even the club, with how bad Carlton is at the minute, I think the club will really do something drastic. But... Um, I really want to implore everybody. Wow. Um, Scoop. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, I got a funny feeling they'll just roll with the punches and go on next week. Uh, but, look, man, yeah. it, they, seriously, <laughs> if they don't, I'd be. Yeah, anyhow. Um, get down to the game, support the guys and girls um, uh, from the club. They really need it. They need it especially now. This is the time when um, real supporters uh, show their support for the, for the um, players in the club. Um, have a think about what you're putting on social media. Have a think about being positive for the boys. Um, chucking Wusher out and dropping Danaher and all these things, uh, they're just not constructive. Um, I appreciate you, you're feeling it. The, Scotty and I are feeling it as well. Um, but we really um, we really implore you guys to be to be positive on social media as best you can yeah. um, and get down into the game. Just on that, um, I know even people see me um, critiquing the club 
I always tell people there's a difference between critiquing and abusing. Um, if, if people sell my tweet to Worstfold, um, and I said the words, you know, I'm generally interested to know your thoughts um, on this situation. That's how I still think we need to talk. Uh, I, uh, I'm just, I'm a little bit old fashioned that way. I, I, I just, I don't like people sort of copying plays and abusing them or anything like that because no. there's, there's zero point. There is shot and confidence. I think it's the complete opposite of what anyone should be doing, to be honest. Exactly because right. I, want, I want them to play with confidence. I yeah. want us to win. Uh, so we'll be keeping going to the games, um, cheering on the boys. Um, they'll always be critiquing. There's no doubt. That's just what footy is, whether you, whether you pick up the Herald Sun or anything like that. Um, look, just from everyone here at the podcast, um, I don't want to get too serious, but we just want to wish um, uh, Bomber Thompson all the best, hoping that yeah. him and his family can get back on track. And he's a, he's a, a dear legend of the club. And we'll um, remain that. And we'll remain that. He's bomber. So we just wanted to send our sort of kind thoughts and, and wishes. And, and obviously it's a, it's quite a serious situation. Yeah. And we don't, we're not sort of underplaying the seriousness of the charges either. But we still wish that family and everything can, can soon get some peace. And Family and, and your own personal health is, is worth more than all of the salacious bloody stories that may or may not have happened. So, um, but anywho. Yeah, there's a court to... There's a court to play out, so that's not, none of us can really say too much until that's played out, and, and we'll see what see what it is. Um, really liked heard his podcast talking about Bomber. Um, Love that he kept, caught up with him. Um, so well done, Herds. Uh, he obviously talked about the club as well. Um, one day we might have a podcast and talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've never really mentioned the saga. I guess don't think it was our overall desire, but if yeah. if, it, if there's something comes up, we're 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 always happy to, to tell our thoughts. Um, people know me; I have a lot of thoughts. But um, I I I think the key part with Hurdy's comments that he was talking about at administration in 2013 and possibly 14 that really didn't support him as good as they should, and I think we all knew that. So it wasn't too much of a surprise. His comments it might bring up old sort of hurts or anything like that, but. I still want to make sure people realise that it is an old administration too. That, that that's yeah, it's a that, completely that, different club. Yeah, now. that's a different club. <laughs> At least our complaint is on field performances, and that's exactly right. Yeah. So um, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. So not for too much longer though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, t- we'll take it for two more weeks. Yeah, yeah that's um, it. So yeah, so we just want to wish Bomb all the best. Look, just one last thing. A lot of people keep asking me, "How do I listen to your show? How do I get onto your show?" Hey, Scott. How do we listen to the show? <laughs> well, um, look, the best thing to do is go on iTunes, type in Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, or go onto SoundCloud, do the same. The best way to do this is subscribe. You get it yeah. You get it automatically into your feed, and it's much easier. So as soon as we finish your show and I upload it, as soon as it's uploaded, it's, it's into your feed, and you can hear it within five seconds of us uploading it. So Absolutely. So definitely subscribe. Um to the podcast thanks for your loyal loyalty we had we've been having really big numbers the last yeah it's been outstanding we last re- month really big thank you everybody. um really big shows with callum toomey and daniel churney and a few others we're hoping to get some f- 
further guess. I've, yep. I've, I've working put, on it. I've put out a challenge to the club, and I'll see what happens with that. <laughs> it's quite a big challenge. Geez, we'd love to. We'd love for this <laughs> but, to come off, guys and girls. We really would. We'll see how it goes, but I'll be talking to um, uh, the head of marketing this week to see if I can get a certain person online, um, to so we can talk to them direct, and and have a, a fanta honest conversation. Uh, nice. Everyone will go. Yep. That's the one I'm definitely going to listen to. Absolutely. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we can only ask. Um, but thanks for your loyalty. Uh, we'll leave it there. Go the go the bombers over the blues. Absolutely. Um, if if that opportunity comes up, we might do a quick temporary podcast. Um, but until then, um, have a great week, everyone, and see you later. Bye bye.